Hi everyone, and welcome to the 213th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hello. How's it going, man? Good, good. Just, uh, chillin'. Sweet. You've been playing uh, a lot of Resident <laughs> Evil, right? Yeah, recently, because uh, getting hyped up for Village coming out in May. So Yeah. What have you played so far? Like, um, like in the, the history of the series? Uh, well, I, I guess recently. for the, like, yeah, the recent, yeah, recent stuff. Uh, I played Resident Evil 2 and 3 Remake, and then I started Resident Evil 0 today. Oh, okay, sweet. So, but I have played the other games. I played all the other games, including okay. the original PS1, the PS1 games, and then the uh, remake, sweet. and then 4, 5, 6, and then 7, so... So of, uh, I know this is like maybe slightly contentious for people, of Remake 2 and Remake 3, which one do you like the best? Remake 2, because it's actually more fleshed out. Like, to me, I felt 3 was more rushed. Did you play the original 2 and 3? Yep. Okay, I've heard that even original 2 and 3 are kind of like that, in a way. Because, like, I heard that... Like, original 3 wasn't supposed to be, like, a numbered title. Like, that's what I heard. It originally wasn't. It was supposed to be, like, kind of, like, in... in Kind of like how Days was with, you know... Yeah. You know, it was kind of like that. Because 3 took place, you know, and, and it intertwines with 2. So, basically, it, it happens at the same time as Resident Evil 2 does, so... Okay. But it's just a different part of town where it happens. Like, where Resident Evil 2 is all in the PlayStation, you do come across the PlayStation in 3. So, yeah. But, like, but that's okay. only... You get there at one point before um, Leon and Claire show up. So it's like... And then it kind of, like, intertwines some some roads, and then after that it goes off on its own. Interesting. Yeah, I've always really wanted to give Resident Evil a try, and I think like right now, if I had to pick a game that I would try, I think the one that I want to try the most is probably the Resident Evil 2 remake. Is that a game that you can just like start there and that's okay? Yeah, I mean I mean story-wise, you probably I mean it'll answer, I'll tell you a little bit what happened in Resident Evil 1. But that's where a lot of a lot of the times people usually start with two. Okay. Because it's because basically two guess, is like I guess I could always like just look up what yeah, happened can, in one. Can. But Resident Evil Two is always regarded as like the best Resident Evil Two aside like if we're talking about like pre four. But like yeah, everybody yeah, ranks yeah. four as like the highest one and then two's like they they rank two and four as the highest Resident Evil games. Interesting. And I've actually heard that maybe there might be some rumors that uh, Resident Evil 4 might be the next thing to be remade, maybe. Yeah, that's the big rumor right now. We have no idea. Yeah. Just sure that would not. be crazy. I would love, honestly, I would love that because I, lo- I enjoyed Resident Evil 4. Yeah. I, 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 so, bought it, uh, I bought it for the Wii. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That game came out on, like, everything. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the first game that was, like, ported to everything. Like, I had it for the GameCube and the Wii. But yeah, playing the game on the Wii was like amazing, especially with the Wii mode. That's awesome. So I think I might have mentioned it on last stream, but I uh, I had started to play Thirteen Sentinel Aegis Rim, and I just want to say, I think it's Aegis. You know, I, well I played the whole thing, <laughs> so I should probably know how it's pronounced. I finished it. And I'm going to give you guys my non-spoiler impressions slash uh, recommendation. So that game was awesome. That is the the, uh, elevator pitch. That was an awesome video game. It is a very visual novel-y. It's also got a... It's got like an RTS, like almost front mission, almost slightly Final Fantasy Tactics-ish kind of a strategy battle system mode as well. But I would, I would relate it more to like, 
it's like that kind of a game mixed with like a tower defense. Like it's it's a little bit it, it's quite simple, but it's very fun and very addictive. Um but it's also like I don't know. It's hard to describe without getting in, into any spoilers, but just on the whole, it is an amazing story and uh as it says on the tin, there are 13 sentinels and 13 main characters. And these 13 main characters, it has been a long time since I've experienced a story that is structured like this. It is an ensemble cast. And what an ensemble cast means is that every single character that is a main character is just as important as any other. Like, if you were to ask me who's the main character of the 13 Sentinels, it's all the 13 Sentinels. Every single one of them is just as important, just as critical. uh, Type Zero. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that kind of vibe. Uh, Final Fantasy VI also has that sort of a cast. So it's every single one of them is super important. Uh, I'll just describe some general um, structural things about it that I find personally very interesting. So the way the story unfolds is you literally have like a roulette where all the characters are standing on and they'll they unlock over time. You start out with just the one and then two and three and four and you can decide whose story you want to advance next and you can go down that character's story path up until a certain point and then they'll stop you and they'll say oh if you want to unlock this character again you need to uh reach uh this story event uh in this character storyline and, and they'll just give you like a brief title of what that story event is called so it's not like a spoiler or anything the t- the title of it is just the title of the story so it'll it'll just be like something really basic that is the name of that story. So whenever that named story event happens, then you can come back to, you know, this character and that character will be unlocked. Or it might say, oh, you can't unlock this character until you progress this far in the uh, strategy battle game, because that's a separate part of the, the, the system. So it's it's really interesting because you can just keep progressing down the storyline and each character unfolds a major part of the plot their own section of the plot and then it all sort of you know dovetails together to make this amazing uh beautiful story i would say who is this game for this is for people that uh have played a game before that has visual novel elements or if you've already played a visual novel so if you've played persona or ace attorney that sort of a game this this would probably be in your wheelhouse it's it's super great the art style is beautiful the presentation is really like i don't know it, it it's very like very striking everything is done in the vanillaware style where everything is side scrolly like it, at first i didn't think it would feel all that cinematic but the way the characters animate and how they zoom the camera in and out and like they really frame the action always to be really powerful and really beautiful. The art is just gorgeous all the time. Like every time you're looking at it, it's literally you're looking at a painting that's moving and it's just so beautiful. I'm and have, all I'm the characters. Yeah, all the characters are fully voice acted, English and Japanese. And I got to say the English localization is excellent. Uh, the localization was done by Atlas, as in like Persona's Atlas. So you already know what the the level is of localization quality there. Uh, you'll you'll recognize a few of the voice actors from you know Persona and you know various animes. You know you got L- Yuri Lowenthal in there, for example. That's one voice I picked out right away. Um, everything about it is awesome if you like science fiction if you like uh you know anime storylines this is a really great one of that yes it does star a bunch of kids that are about high school age but even for people that roll their eyes at that kind of setting they have an explanation for you as to why they decided to go that route so 
it's really hard to just to talk about this game because like think of any story that you know of that has like a really complex plot that's really beautiful that has uh, tons of twists and turns and surprises it's always really hard to talk about that in a way that uh it makes sense you know that makes sense and isn't going to spoil stuff but yeah all i can say is uh look at give it a look it's super interesting yes it is currently full price on ps4 but i paid that full price and to be honest i feel like i got my money's worth for me if i had to give it a score out of 10 i'd probably give it like a 9.5 it's that good for a lot of people last year it was their game of the year and i can see why like um i i will say though um i have played another game uh semi recently uh probably two years ago that had a similar storyline that i did recommend uh, that game was Steins Gate Elite. Um, I, uh, if I had to compare the two, I would say, I think Steins Gate Elite probably edges out uh, Thirteen Sentinels a little bit on story. So if you play Thirteen Sentinels, you should give Steins Gate Elite a try. But I think in terms of accessibility, I think Thirteen Sentinels is a way more accessible. I think Steins Gate. Like, for one, Steins Gate is, like, at least 50, 60 hours. Like, it's a really long visual novel. 13 Sentinels, you're looking at more, like, 35. Like, it's like it's like an RPG. So it's not, it's not too bad. Um, and I think the pace of 13 Sentinels is a lot more accessible. Like, things get going real fast. Like, <laughs> they, they will throw around revelations in the prologue within your like first five minutes of playing it that most games would save to like 10 hours in they will throw that around in like the first five minutes and you'll be like whoa 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 is this a spoiler no it's just literally we gotta get there already because the story is so big they gotta get there already they can't wait it's kind of like in, uh, well, I don't know if this would be a spoiler for Nier Automata, but in Nier Automata, this is a slight spoiler for Nier Automata, but only very slight. Most stories about AIs and robots and androids, most of them, their plot revolves around the concept of, are robots even human? Are AIs even human? Nier Automata gives that plot line the middle finger and basically resolves that within the first hour and then goes like five million light years beyond that to think even deeper beyond that like get past that yes they are they yes they can be just as much life then what that's near automata 13 sentinels does the same thing but about a different topic so yeah also by the way Yokotaro, creator of Nier, recommends this game too. Also, Smash Brothers own uh, Masahiro Sakurai also really loves 13 Sentinels. So th- that's about as deep I- into the explanation as I can get. Just play it. It's super awesome. Uh, y- your brain will explode a little bit. Um, There's no horror, but it does get intense, and there's a lot of suspense. So. I hope you like it. High, high recommends. All right. <laughs> we got a Kingdom Hearts podcast to do. So anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union. And it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union. And we come out on the iTunes store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union Twitter, which is at KHUnion. We have a two-segment show today. We have a news segment and a question segment. Chara, we have news. Hey, how about that? Real news. I didn't expect it, but we have it, so I hope you guys enjoy it. And in the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Lewis James... Zach Duranto, Rachel Casterton, who's at Orba Yun Ray, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Zelda Clone, who's at Apes Type Novels, 
Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who's at Akira Namejin, Miles Ribbons, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Thorn Bullen, who's at Massacre23, Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes22, Yam Potato, Noah Littrell, oh, and <laughs> terrific to these last ones. We got Ryzen, Sam Ennis, Chris Willis, Fayez Bialy, Joshua Jensen, who's at The Cancer Bus, Freya Stella, Lauren Luscomb, Tim Michael Verne, who's at Phoenix, O2SA, Marco Liliu, and Tammy Turner's Babysitter makes a return. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. Also, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory spoilers and everything up until then are fair game. And I will just say we absolutely will be getting to a lot of those kinds of spoilers on this episode. All right. In the way of the news. The Kingdom Hearts series will be releasing on PC for the first time ever. Say what? March 30th of this year on the Epic Games Store exclusively. Yep, you heard that right. Epic Games Store, not on Steam. Epic Games Store, meaning it's it's not even a timed exclusive. Yeah. It's exclusively to the Epic Games Store. Yeah, so we'll have to see about that. But hey, it's on PC. I'm happy about that. We have been waiting for Turo. We've been waiting for that for a long time. We've had several times where that has come up as like a question on the show. Like, would it ever come to PC? Well, the time has finally come. And it's and kind of, it was, all of the games. It was a all random, of them are on. It was there. a random sense of timing too. Like. Yeah. Like I I knew I heard of the Epic Game Store Spring stream that they had, but it's like was like I saw it in a tweet from from uh Wario and then I went and go yeah. I went and found the stream and I looked and it was still going on. It was still live and I went back on the stream and I saw it for myself I was like no way they finally That's, did the thing. It's crazy. Cuz a lot of, a lot, so, of people, a lot of people yeah. were asking when is it going to come on? Is it ever going to come on PC or is it come on Switch first? So yeah. we have our answer. Come on PC now. <laughs> I will say, though, um, all of these games coming to PC could potentially make, you know, the way forward for future ports of the series to be a bit easier. I don't know about Switch. But, you know, having a PC version is kind of like having a more like neutral version of all these games so this you know this pc version could be the basis going forward uh for future releases of these games so um i don't know if that means switch but hey it could Um, depends on the switch pro come ever is ever gets released that is so true and and also if nintendo's policy allows allows for exclusive games to the pro kind of like how they did with um xenoblade on uh the new nintendo 3ds how they allowed that to be exclusive yeah because i think kingdom hearts 3 would probably need that uh but yeah anyway um let's talk about prices because i think this could be a bit uh controversial Um, yeah so uh first things first kingdom hearts 1.5 2.5 that's going to be 49 dollars that's that's a bit painful but that's a lot of games in that pack i'm not like i'm not like angry about that one i mean i they're they're old i know yeah i i I know but still it should be at least 29 yeah uh, agreed agreed (sighs) i don't think though it's as bad as this next one Kingdom Hearts 2.8 for $60. Aye, aye, aye. That only has one full game in that. What is Epic <laughs> and Square Enix thinking with this one? Like, really? That one I don't understand at all. Oh That's God. ridiculous to me. That God. These games have been out for years now. Why is this... 
pretty much the same price as a full they you know, have literally PS4 just game. recently sold like all in one bundles of the full series on playstation 4 for like what 30 I just bucks saw a tweet from wario 64 <laughs> that the all-in-one bundle on ps4 is 29.99 on sale yeah so i mean i know people some people will pay it i know that but what i don't know i don't understand this Uh, the only thing that i could possibly see this as is that kingdom hearts is to my knowledge what is known as an evergreen series which means unlike for example you know like a you know, an Assassin's Creed Origins or an Assassin's Creed Valhalla or, a you know, a, a random Call of Duty. Pick pick whatever Call of Duty you want. You know, a random Call of Duty comes out and it sells a ton right out of the gate. And then you look at the sales curve and it just starts going down. You pick any random game out there. Most games, that's how they sell. They sell a ton right at the beginning and then they just fall off. Whereas Kingdom Hearts, it doesn't always like sell a lot at the beginning, but man, it can sell for a long time. It's and just I one of those series you have to play. That's why it has a yeah. like you said, it has a long longevity to it. So I think since they know that, they can they probably see we can probably sell this at a really high price. Most people won't buy it, but some people will. And then if we have to lower the price later to a permanent lower level, people will still buy it. Like it's not that like it'll become it'll be so old by then that it'll be old news that no one's going to buy it. So maybe that's how they're seeing it is they know it'll still sell later if they, you know, lower the price later. So they they're just going to get their uh, you know, early adopters, the early worms while they can or the early birds while they can and and and, and that's just how it's going to be maybe i don't know so that's 2.8 kingdom hearts 3 plus remind for 60 bucks that i can understand to a certain extent though yeah i'm not so angry about that one maybe i would understand if it was 50 dollars, but not 60 because yeah because three's been out for two years remind's been out for a year so at least $50 would have been more understandable. I would argue that Kingdom Hearts 3 plus Remind has more video game than 2.8. Oh, absolutely. Because, like, if you think about it, like, let's say hypothetically Kingdom Hearts 3 and Kingdom Hearts 3D have the same, or uh, Kingdom Hearts 3D HD, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if Dream Drop Distance and 3 have roughly the same uh, play play time on it. I would argue that Remind has about uh you know six hours. Zero point two has four tops. So I feel like Kingdom Hearts three plus Remind has a better argument for being sixty dollars than two point eight does. And then the last one, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory for $60. Understandable because it's still a new game. It's still a new game. I still think it's always been too much, but fine. But the funny thing is, is right now, it's on Melody of Memory is on sale right now for, I think, $35. Right? See, that's the right price for that game. Yeah, so. Yeah. All right, so Churro. Do you see yourself on March 30th buying absolutely all of these games right away? That is $229 and then, you know, plus tax. Yeah. So For games, I know for a fact you own several different copies of already. I mean, this is coming from the guy who bought a Japanese version, bought the North American version, bought the Final Mix version, and then yep. rebought it again for the remakes. <laughs> Yep, and it's like I will eventually, but yeah. probably not right at lunch because 
Same. One of the things I'm looking for towards the PC versions is mods. Because yes. I see a lot of friends having fun streaming the KH2 randomizations. And I want to get it on that. And I've yeah. seen some um, uh, 13th Vessel on YouTube mod. Oh yeah, his stuff Kingdom is 3, amazing. And I've seen all that happen and I'm like, bring it on. Just until I know for sure these mods are available to play, then that's when I'll open my wallet to darkness and buy these games. Exactly. So I'm totally with you there. I, I'm i 100% on everything. I think the value of this, to me, I, I have one more. But it's only slight, to be honest, is I know that with this set of games... Well, pretty much all of them already look great, but I know Kingdom Hearts 3 could do with the extra bump because it doesn't run quite perfect on any of the current gen consoles. I, I know it runs pretty good on on next gen, but I know for a fact that if I get Kingdom Hearts 3 on my crazy beefy uh, RTX 3090 PC, Stop I can bragging. run it at 4K 60. Stop bragging. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just have a GTX sixteen sixty on my laptop. Okay, that's that's very, okay. probably good enough for medium settings. Yeah. <laughs> so I that that's one of them. That's one of the reasons I want it for, for just prettier Kingdom Hearts three. The other reason is exactly what you said for mods because already on the PlayStation four the mod scene is crazy. But when you add in the PC on top of that and all the freedom that's possible there, you already know that Kingdom Hearts is going to be a goldmine for mods. And not only that, but Kingdom Hearts in general, even though it's never been on PC, has always been such an interest for people that mod and hack video games. Not just for hacking Kingdom Hearts, but for taking the models out of Kingdom Hearts and modding them into other games. Like, if you've ever seen, like, uh, Winnie the Pooh in Grand Theft Auto, where do you think they got that Winnie the Pooh from? They got that from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, but I've seen, so, I've seen Sora models in Grand Theft Auto V. Yep. So, trust me, this is going to be cracked wide open. At the very least, Kingdom Hearts 3... And Kingdom Hearts 2. Maybe one. I, I wouldn't expect it so much for Birth by Sleep and uh, all the other games. But at least for 2 and for 3. Those for sure are getting hacked to craziness. So you just watch. So I'm super excited for that future. I'm excited for March 30th for that to all happen. I want all those modders out there to buy their copies and do their work. And when they are ready and they have some compelling stuff ready, I will be there too. And I know you, you'll be there too, Churro. Uh, but for now, I'm with you. It's it, it, I don't think it's necessarily time for people like us that have multiple copies of this game already uh, what, what, and what, are fine. What seems crazy to me is that there isn't a bundle option. Yeah. Like, you have to buy these games, you know, these titles individually. So, like, I'm finding it strange that they didn't have a bundle, like an all-in-one bundle, for cheaper yeah. than you would buy in all these games. Like, if it's $229 if you add it up, they should make, like, an all-in-one bundle that's, like, 200 At least 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8 should be a bundle. Like, if that full set was $60, I would get that. I, yeah. I, that would be understandable. Or maybe just buy the, they have a whole set for $150. Yeah, whole set for $150. That, 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 that as well. Yeah, I just, I, I don't understand this. This, uh, uh, as they say that in that one meme, uh, from, uh, whatchamacallit, from Mad Max, that's bait. Yep. So uh yeah, I think uh I'm gonna I'm gonna wait on this, but color me interested for the future. For various reasons. 
All right, so yeah, that's that's pretty much the news, you know, back to back to back to no news for a while, I guess, but that but was a, that a, was a nice surprise. It's a nice surprise and it's something we nobody ever saw coming. Yeah. And uh for the shareholders right before the next quarter. There you go. So that's that's for them. And uh yeah, hopefully uh hopefully that uh does well for them. Do you think, Churro, if this does well enough, do you think they'll uh consider PC like a, a serious platform going forward? I will I would assume so, but the question remains is will they still make it exclusive to Epic or will they allow it to open it up to other places like Steam? You know, that's a good question. Uh yeah, long term, I know a lot of people are saying they're they want to wait for a Steam version, but, but I, I don't know if that's gonna be the case. But I think the reason why they went with that big because of them using the Unreal Engine for Kingdom Hearts three. Exactly. So maybe that was part of like a deal they had for when they went to switching engines for Kingdom Hearts three was that you know, that we want to get these games on the PC, but you know, for allowing you use I don't want to say it's like a like a deals but it's like a collaboration they did when yeah Namar decided to go with unreal that eventually they would release it on pc to the epic game store as kind of like a saying hey thanks for letting us use your in your engine so let's have yeah. this exclusive you know. so yeah as as for that um so there is very likely i would bet that square enix and epic have a deal and i think this is a money hat from epic i think they paid out some nice big money a nice fat chunk of change to square enix for exclusivity rights i don't know for how long but they probably did that that being said kind of how you were alluding to there actually is a deal in place for people that use Unreal Engine that sell games on uh, the Epic Game Store. And it's uh, in regards to their revenue split for when they sell their games on the Epic Game Store. Um, so typically, uh, the uh, Unreal Engine has a 5% uh, royalty that is charged for games that make over a million dollars US in, in, in revenue which, you know, Kingdom Hearts would obviously fall under that. So every amount of money over a million dollars that you make, Epic will take 5% of those sales right off the top. And then obviously platform holders also take their their revenue split. Usually platform holders, whether it's Steam, Sony, or Microsoft, usually they cut off about 30%. So if you're selling Unreal Engine 4 on a typical, an Unreal Engine 4 game on pretty much any platform, you've already lost 35% of the money and you're making about 65%. And that's not including if there's any other, uh, you know, interest groups that have uh, any claim to any of that uh, revenue. Um, if that's the case on Steam, then yeah, uh, right, off, right off the bat, they lose 35% by selling on Steam. That being said... If they sell Unreal Engine 4 on Epic Games, now this is a publicly available deal. This is the deal that is applicable to anybody selling games on Epic Games. This is not what necessarily Square Enix is getting. I would assume they probably have something a little bit nicer because of, you know, how big of a deal this is for Epic. So the publicly, uh, uh, publicly known deal that anybody could get is if you are making a game that is made in Unreal Engine 4, then you sell it on the Epic Game Store, you are making 88% of the revenue, and Epic takes 12%. So that's a big change. So between 65% split, only getting 65% versus getting 88%. That is a huge difference. And that applies to uh, other engines as well. Uh, they, they also say, like, if you make a game in Unity, you also get that revenue split. Um, you know, minus any licensing fees that you have with Unity, of course, but that's separate. But 
yeah, there there is definitely a lot of incentive that Epic is building into the Epic Game Store for developers. I know a lot of uh, game fans maybe don't like the Epic Game Store. It's glitchy, it's buggy, they have bad deals, it's expensive. But as for the uh, game developers, it is a very great deal for them. So that's why they they are able to get so many developers onto the Epic Game Store and sometimes exclusively. So yeah, I can definitely see that. And I would assume more than likely, kind of how you were saying, Chero, I'm pretty sure that behind closed doors, there was probably some greasing of palms, namely with money. So I would not be surprised if they made it really nice for Square Enix on oh, this yeah. one especially for a title like this oh yeah yeah uh, several titles and not only that now that all the games are on there you know in, in the future kingdom hearts 4 if that comes out on pc like it's gonna be you already have an install base on the epic game store it's gonna be so weird if like you see a kingdom hearts 4 trailer come out it's gonna say ps you know ps5 xbox series x and then pc yeah at the that'd end. be so weird do you think they would release simultaneously on PC? Because hmm. a lot of studios, they'll just like sell the PC game later because they know people will buy both. And knowing Nomura, I think you'll want to sell everything at once. Yeah, I, I kind of hope so. Because I, I know I'm sure Epic will want to release it later, but I think Nomura would want to have everything released all at the same time. That's just the way yeah. he is. I think so too, and uh, yeah, honestly, just going forward, it, uh, man, just PC is it's so nice. <laughs> it's just so nice. I hope they go with that, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll see in the future how that uh, that turns out. Anyway, moving on to the question segment. Our first question comes from Andre Elwood, and they ask, "Do you think there are too many characters in the Kingdom Hearts main cast now?" It seems like now there are so many main characters that it's hard to tell a story for all of them. Kingdom Hearts 3 especially just felt like too many people to me. Namor also said that this was the reason why we couldn't have Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts 3. Do you think they'll reduce the importance of side characters in future games? And to answer your first question, yes. I felt those too many. I felt those way too many characters because each of those characters had their own backstory, their own problems, and then it's like yeah. Namora had to find ways to complete. And a their lot stories. of them didn't know each other. Yeah, and then basically they all had to like come together like real quick, and they're just like, "Oh, hey, I know you. I don't know you. Yeah, like what's what's up with that? Why do you look like me? Yeah, when Axel was all like, "See, see, see." you know more brain ache and he was all like like I, I i'm thinking they had him they had a uh, axel say that as a way to take shots at their own you know yeah amount of characters they have so it's like to me there is a lot of main you know side characters that become main characters now and yeah i i just miss the times where it's just like so down on a goofy mickey riku and Kyrie. You yeah, know, and then now you know you have, you know, not to mention all the villains that we have. Yeah, all thirteen new thirteen villains, and it's just way too much. Yeah, and, and like you're you're a clone of this guy, and you're a nobody of that guy, and you're the heart of the memory of the that guy, and whatever, and you're a Xehanort, you're a Xehanort. Are there any other Xehanorts and, that I should know about? And then I understand that people want Final Fantasy characters, even though they're not. See the thing. The thing with me and Final Fantasy characters is that it's not Final Fantasy characters are not a requirement. Yeah. Yeah, they are part of the story in some sense when it comes to like Radiant Garden, but at the same time, they're not a full on requirement to be part of the story. Like even going through, you know, Quadratum now, you know, will we see Final Fantasy characters there? Probably. But yeah, at the same possible. time, they're not the main focus of Kingdom Hearts. Well, they're not as much anymore. I feel like they were they were a lot more important in, you know, like Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2. And then just like through developing the main cast more, 
it has then been decided after the fact to make them less important just to give more screen time to the non-Final Fantasy characters. But even then, like they, they were they, they always felt less important than the Disney characters, for example. Oh, yeah. Like they were never they were never even as as important as as that. Maybe to explaining the main plot to Sora, but that's that is about it. Well, Namar's always Namar's always stated that they're there. They were only put in there to help with selling the game because they didn't think that yeah, you know, the game wouldn't sell without them. I think though that this is kind of one of those uh, situations where um, the desires or the the intentions of the creator and the interests of the fans sort of differ because it's kind of like similar to you know how with star wars like george lucas has his vision of what star wars was always meant to be and then the fans of star wars fell in love with star wars as it was and they found reasons to love the star wars uh story as it was told Yet for George Lucas, he had this grand vision in his mind of other things that he just didn't have the technology for or he hadn't fully thought out. And then when he had the opportunity to make, you know, special editions and prequel films and all of that, he decided to explore his real vision that he couldn't explore. And people got angry because it wasn't the Star Wars that they fell in love with. And I think sometimes creators and uh don't quite fully understand what about their property the fans love like what aspects of it do they actually love about it like they have their own image of it and how they uh you know conceptualize it because you know they created it but then the fans you know then react to it and see it and there's aspects of it that they fall in love with and it, there there can be some things that you know maybe the creators don't intend to be so important or you know maybe were um you know put in because they didn't have anything else that better to put in you know for example for kingdom hearts 1 and the final fantasy characters there weren't uh, he, you know they didn't have a big amount of characters that people already knew about so they relied on using characters that were already beloved from Final Fantasy to sort of fill the gap. But then even though they were, you know, meant to be there as fillers to attract Final Fantasy fans, the people that fell in love with Kingdom Hearts with, you know, Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2 ended up falling in love with those characters as if that's what Kingdom Hearts was. They didn't see them as filler. They saw them as oh, what is Kingdom Hearts? Well, if all you have is Kingdom Hearts 1 to look at, that's how you're going to frame what a Kingdom Hearts game has to have. And if Kingdom Hearts 1 is your metric for ingredients for a Kingdom Hearts game, then your metric for uh, an ingredient list for Kingdom Hearts is probably going to include Final Fantasy characters in it. So I do understand. I I, I do understand too, but it's like the the fandom has been wanting, like, Final Fantasy Worlds, but it's like... I don't think that's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's a necessity at all. Yeah. Like like I said, like, if they were just up, you know, people were freaking out because there were no Kingdom Hearts, uh, Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. As, as much as Nomura stated in interviews, like, a lot of people didn't agree with that. And it's like, you know... And then That'd once be, they once they yeah. put them in remind, and they were only there to carry a small part of the you know plot yeah. going forward, you know people weren't were unhappy about that. But it's like that's yeah, how they over, so always were portrayed. They're always portrayed to with the plot, you know, small ounces of the plot, you know. Yeah, yeah, Vi- yeah, yeah. That's that 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 is true. I think. <sighs> Yeah, I think in Remind, though, it was a lot smaller than even uh, in the past. But the trajectory lines up as far as I'm concerned, because in Kingdom Hearts 1, their amount of the plot that they divulged was quite big because, 
you know, that there, there wasn't anyone else to divulge that plot. In Kingdom Hearts 2, it was less than it was in Kingdom Hearts 1. Still there, but less. And then in Kingdom Hearts 3, they were literally not there, and then they were tacked on into Remind and had a very tiny amount that they included. So there's a tra- there's a downward trajectory that lines up, and I get that. Um, but yeah, I... I don't know what it's going to be going forward, but just real quick to talk about uh, Final Fantasy Worlds. I see that as the way out for Nomura. If he ever wanted to get rid of all of the Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts, if he really hated them so much that he just wanted to get rid of them all, that's his way out. Have a plot line where... It's discovered that in reality, all the Final Fantasy characters don't belong in Kingdom Hearts. They were somehow transplanted from their worlds, the Final Fantasy worlds, and Sora needs to reunite them back to their original place in, you know, their worlds. That would be your chance to have a final send-off and have your Final Fantasy worlds thing maybe you don't need to go there maybe you just go there for like one room it's like oh this is midgard cloud this is where you belong oh this is balam garden bye bye uh leon have a have a good time at school you know (laughs) you too selfie even though you're the wrong age (laughs) you know go off to besaid uh titus and waka bye bye you know if if he really wanted to get rid of those characters, I feel like that's a good way out. And then fans would probably be like, okay, there's some closure here. But I I do understand that, yeah, for fans that, like, really did love those characters, to just have them, like, be forgotten about in Kingdom Hearts 3, I, I, I can see how that might hurt. At least for, like, Cloud and Sephiroth, because that was kind of a cool storyline. Yeah, I think we'll see them again. I think Cloud and Sephiroth uh, uh, ha- have a chance. Th- they've gone off to fight a great battle, at least. <laughs> All right, so the next one comes from David the Perfectionist. And uh, Churro, if you could take this next one. And David the Perfectionist writes, I went to the Kingdom Hearts concert in 2019, and it was awesome. But I was thinking, do you ever think Utada would join a Kingdom Hearts concert one day? I know she's a big pop star in Japan. It's probably be super expensive, but I'm surprised Square Enix doesn't flex their collab with her more often. Yeah, I I wonder about that. You know, you see at like Distant Worlds concerts that that lady that does the uh, the Final Fantasy fourteen theme songs. Like she'll sometimes come on there and perform. I I, I kind of do wonder if Utada would ever do that. As far as I know. I mean, she does sing Kingdom Hearts songs at her concerts, but I, I've never seen her do it at like a Square Enix venue or even like a Disney venue for that matter. So I personally would love to see it. I think that would be super awesome. Um, but I kind of feel like if it would have happened, it probably would have already happened. But that being said... Things that have never happened to Kingdom Hearts are happening all the time. Case in point, Kingdom Hearts on PC. So, <laughs> it could still happen. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I'm personally not holding uh, my breath for it. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope it would happen. Uh, Churro, what do you feel about the, the likelihood of, you know, Utada being, like, a performer at, a like, an orchestral concert? I mean, I wanted to see it happen. I mean, it, I'm sure like a she lot definitely of, wouldn't go on tour. Yeah, it would be like for like, for be, one event or two. It'd be like Nomura making a special appearance at yeah know, certain events, um, like for example, an LA concert. Yep, she would be there I with Nomura on stage. You know, in Tokyo, Tokyo. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. It would. It wouldn't be like she would be like not even Shimura goes to all the concerts. She only, she only yeah. goes to a certain ones. So it's like. Definitely, you know, L.A. and Tokyo for sure. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have, you know, just to make her one appearance, you know, shows that she's still, she's still there. Like, the one of the biggest things that pe- fears that people had with Utada was that her not being on Kingdom Hearts 3. And 
you know, now that we saw that she was, now it's like, now can open possibilities of her wanting to, you know, be more part of the Kingdom Hearts, you know, uh, orchestra concerts. Yeah. You know, maybe Namara would be like, hey, you know, picks up the phone one day and be like, hey, do you want to come to a concert? And, you know, she doesn't even have to sing. She could just be on stage and give her thoughts about being part of Kingdom Hearts to the fans. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm the same. I, I, I hope she does do it at some point, but, yeah, not not sure. I mean, but, even but, at this point, we don't even know when the next one, the next concert series could even happen with COVID. And, and not only that, it's different now because Zutata has a kid now, so. Yep, that's you true. Know. It, is, is she going to be? And she lives in the. She she lives in Japan too, as well. So it's like, you know, is she ready to make that? You know, that type of leap to, um, fly out. You know, while while her child's still young. You know. Yeah. That's uh. That's hard to say. I, I think the only thing that I could see you know, potentially getting her out there could be for Kingdom Hearts 4 promotional purposes. Oh, yeah. By the time that happens, that kid is going to be a lot older. Might already be like seven or something. (laughs) Seven or eight by then. Well, yes, I remember that when Utada was releasing her English albums. Yeah. She was appearing a lot of uh, like these morning talk shows. Mm-hmm. You know, but then, like, when her second English album came out, she was appearing more and more and more of these talk shows. She even had that special Sephora listening concert that I went to. And then she went to all these different Sephoras in different parts of the U.S., you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, she's no stranger to doing something like that. Yeah. It could happen. I hope. All right, and uh, for this uh, last question, this one comes from Benjamin Conrad, and they ask, In Kingdom Hearts 2, we got a glimpse of the Destiny Island's main island, but we never got to go there. Assuming there would have been some story there, what would call for us exploring the island? What would you want it to be? Uh... I think it just would have been just Sora just going to Riku and uh, Kairi's house. And yeah. Say what's up? <laughs> See his mom. <laughs> See his mom. Have dinner with her. Finally. Finally. And like, all right, Sora, I've saved your dinner for two years. Eat up. The and, fuzzy stuff is delicious. And then, then maybe, maybe give us a glimpse of what they did with their life before you know they got involved with the Disney Worlds. You know, see yeah. what see what the school life is like with them. You know, that's you know. I mean, it's not really going to be anything big. It's just, just kind of see what Sora's Sora Riku Kairi's life is like on the islands. Basically, yeah, it's you know nothing too drastic. You know, unless for some really weird reason the heartless attacks the island yeah yeah the main island then that would be a different thing maybe it could explain to their parents you know what they've been doing this whole time like to me i i my, my biggest question is do the parents even know what they were doing like yeah do they yeah. know they can summon these legendary <laughs> mythical key, you know how key much how much do they know about what their kids are doing yeah it's it's like it's like, uh, you know, in, uh, Digimon where, you know, when they, in the very first, you know, Digimon season, you know, how yeah. they, they were in the digital world with their Digimon and then they end up back in the real world and they had to keep hiding their Digimon from everybody. Yep. That's so kind of like, would they have to like hide everything like that? Or would it be like Pokemon yeah. where everything's out in the open? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a good question. I also wonder like, okay. Okay, I ha- I have an interesting idea. It is not a fully formed one, but I have a unique sort of twist that could be kind of interesting and I- maybe Kingdom Hearts fans would have liked it. So what if, so this is after the whole game is over, this is sort of like an epilogue, playable epilogue. You go to the main island and there's maybe some small little quests that you're playing through and 
little by little, as you're playing through your little uh, adventure in Destiny Islands, which, you know, probably nothing too crazy, uh, semi slice of life, it cuts to every now and then uh, uh, cutscenes from Disney Castle. And you get to see what Donald, Goofy, and Mickey are up to. Now, in this day and age, we know that, you know, Recoded happened. So there's a whole game about that. But, I, you know, I'm I'm assuming this is back in Kingdom Hearts 2 days. Something along those lines. And clearly, something strange and mysterious is happening at Disney Castle. And it all culminates with the final event being them getting the message in the bottle. Now, the reason why I was thinking of that sort of method of doing it is because it mirrors what happened in Kingdom Hearts 1 when you were playing on Destiny Islands, and as the story progressed on Destiny Islands, you would cut to cutscenes from Disney Castle. Like, oh my god, the, the king is missing. And it would set up the journey. So what if that would have been the time to set up the journey for the future? And you could see just sort of like crazy weird things happening. Maybe Chippendale like, well, where's the king? And Donald and Goofy, they've all disappeared. And, you know, they went to the date escape or something. Like, I don't know. It's something to sort of hint at some sort of mysteriousness. And then maybe Mickey returns and then starts writing his letter. And then you get the letter. And then maybe even read it. Who knows? Something along those lines set up the mystery while Sora, uh, Sora, Riku, and Kairi have a little slice in life adventure uh, at Destiny Islands. Probably nothing big. Probably nothing super consequential. Just it, fun. It could be like like a maybe a spinoff game. Yeah, you know, it doesn't really it could be. move the plot forward or anything. It just gives you that side, like you said, slice of life. Yeah. I doubt that would ever happen in Kingdom Hearts. Like, when have we ever had anything slice of life? Literally only Destiny Islands in the first game. So, <laughs> I doubt it, but, you know. Uh, that That's that's up to you guys, fan fiction writers slash uh, fan artists. You can tell that story, if you'd like. What happens to uh, Sora, Riku, and Kairi when they return after Kingdom Hearts 2? What, 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 how does that shake out? You know, do they bring Donald, Goofy, and Mickey to the main island, and then maybe King Mickey explains to the parents on on their behalf? Sorry, guys. You know, uh, your kids have been gone for a long time, and uh, yeah, sorry, they were helping me. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, something along those lines, <laughs> and Mickey sort of like uh, you know, uh, diffuses the anger and wrath of the parents, and then after that summons the gummy ship and leaves and then they like maybe after the gummy ship comes they finally believe that their kids have been on this crazy adventure i mean the other side of the story that i want to see is okay sora's gotta go back to go see yen sid they got a, a message in the bottle what does that conversation look like with his mom you know you just got back here you stupid kid. Yeah, she has a belt in her hands. <laughs> so, th- th- there's a lot of options there. All right, well, so that, that, that covers that question. Our music for this episode uh, is as follows. We have a uh, wonderful cover of Bustin' Up the Beach by Eric L. Bustin' Up the Beach being the battle theme of uh, Destiny Islands from Kingdom Hearts 1. It's a nice little jazz cover, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and our next episode of Kingdom Hearts is scheduled for the 2nd of March. Sure, we're already almost in March. Oh my god. We're almost almost to the 19th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts. I know. Ugh, and then it's gonna be the 20th anniversary. Sure, we're gonna get news. We are. In a year. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess, yeah, look forward to that. But before that, March 2nd for the next episode of the podcast. And as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us uh, on, uh, or uh, please consider subscribing to us on uh, the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Yay. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or K.
Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. And remember, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions, send them to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. All right, Churro, we made it to the end of another episode. But hey, there we was got news, news this time. And it was awesome. Okay, Churro. What's up? Do you think, I want a yes or a no, do you think we're going to get news next episode? Mm, probably not. I think so, too. <laughs> so, that, that, hopefully... That, that should be the question that after each episode that we record. It's like... Yeah. Are we, we going to get news next episode? Yeah, probably, probably not. not. Yeah. <laughs> That's always <laughs> going to be the answer. All right. Charles, say goodbyes. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, hopefully, I wouldn't just know how many of you out there are actually going to buy the Kingdom Hearts series on PC when it comes out next month. Yeah, seriously. Just let us know on Twitter. You know, if you're brave enough to buy it, I want to know. Uh, I, I want to know why. Why specifically? If is there a reason? And I, I just got to hear it. So, yeah, you can let us know on Twitter at khunion. All right, Joe, say goodbye. Bye, guys. Until uh, next time, take it easy. And I'm Brandon. Say goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. <laughs>